Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. This is the second part of our full interview with Noah Herman, where we discuss transforming treasury operations with digital assets. In the episode of today, expect to learn what treasury operations can typically be supported, if not fully powered by digital assets. How can companies diversify their treasury operations using Bitcoin and other digital assets? What challenges would cryptocurrencies create? A real-life example of a company successfully diversifying its operations using Fortress platform. And like always, much, much more. Another amazing interview with another amazing guest. Noah is extremely knowledgeable about digital assets and treasury, which made this episode particularly insightful for Hussam and I. We hope you will enjoy the episode. If that is the case, and when you're thinking about how you found our podcast, chances are that it was through word of mouth, social media, or a recommendation from your favorite podcast platform. And this is our only request to you. The best way you can support the podcast is to head to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Corporate Treasury 101. That will mean the world to us and help more people learn about treasury. On another other note, this episode is brought to you by Automation Boutique. Automation Boutique is empowering treasury, finance, and risk management with tailored automation solution. They use robotic process automation, or PA, AI, APIs, and Power Query to create automations that can work with your existing systems. We partnered with Automation Boutique as we really like their approach to innovation and how they help the industry. For this partnership, they came up with an AI-powered automation self-scan that can help you find out if a business process is suitable for automation and how to best get started. It is totally free, non-intrusive, and only takes about 15 minutes. What's great is that the report you will get from the scan helps you determine if the benefits of the automation outweigh the costs. If you want to have a look, head to the link in the description or to automationboutique.com slash corporate treasury 101. And with all that being said, please welcome Noah Herman. Perfect. Noah, take us through um, how digital assets can transform treasury or even how they are already transforming treasury. So maybe to begin simple, what are typical operations that can be supported, if not fully powered by digital asset? And I think you took the example of the balance sheet earlier, something that would appeal to treasury. We can start there, but like what are traditional example of things that could be enabled by digital assets in treasury? Sure. So yes, and and um, the the simplest and probably the most well known example of how you would use a digital asset in balance sheet, or treasurer would use that, is MicroStrategy, which is the largest holder of Bitcoin in the world, um, and is also a United States listed uh, corporation, um, which has decided to transform its uh, there to for US dollars into Bitcoin and now sits on a Bitcoin position on balance sheet, which many, many, many times dwarfs its dollar hold. So you have a company that admittedly is a bit of a one-off. It's been followed a little bit by, by the likes of the Teslas of the world, 
um, and the blocks of the world, right? Uh, but that's that's the big example. Um, it's done into such an outsized effect that it's almost, um, you know, it's almost a, it's, it's a long tail example now, but it is still an example. It's publicly traded, has to file earnings every single quarter, just like any other group, the SEC. Um, and it has about $6 billion worth of Bitcoin on its balance sheet. This is a company that does about $150 million a year in revenues. So you can get a sense, right? What is the use case there? It's a treasury use case, pure treasury, as we would call it, not in the sense of I am a treasurer, but in the sense of I am holding a treasury worth of assets for my shareholders. And in this case, I believe that the US dollar will become deflated out of existence or deflated to mean nothing or not appreciate at the level that we needed to to keep track with inflation. So I am instead taking our public shareholders' money and investing it in this asset called Bitcoin. That's, a, that's, a, that's an extreme example, but it's a real one. It's a valid one. Mm -hmm. And the company's done quite well in making itself very public in doing that. So that's one use case that does not need to be done to the extreme, at that level extreme. Very simple, really. Just buy it, hold it, and let it appreciate. Okay. So to... To jump on that example, Noah, because I mean, I can hear what the typical and doing his job correctly corporate treasurer would say here. Treasurers are the custodian of cash. The top priorities when it comes to investing, although I understand it's not short-term investment here, it's about balance sheet. But like, if we apply the principle of capital safety, liquidity, and yield, most would argue and say that, okay, but the value of the Bitcoin is very much fluctuating, it's very volatile which can be a strength, weakness, whatever. But when it comes to treasury, what would say, do I want to sit on such a volatile asset in my balance sheet? Yeah, it's a great question. So again, um, I am not as smart as Michael Saylor. I do not have a PhD from MIT, so I can't really challenge his intellect. Um, would I put 100% of my own balance sheet in Bitcoin? No. And I work for a Bitcoin company. Would I put 10% of it? Yes. For the okay. simple reasons that I was trained on, I came from the world of private wealth, private banking, when you always diversify your assets. And yes, you want some bonds. Yes, you want some long-term you know, equities and growth equities, and emerging market equities, but you also want some uh, highly appreciating assets that, that, that can, can be a rocket engine on your portfolio. So yes, I would consider it for a smaller percentage. And for those same treasurers would say any diversification is good diversification as long as it's well-managed. I'm presuming that's somewhat his sure. argument the cash cash reserve for daily operations and the like. Fair. Okay. So, Go ahead, man. so you didn't mention that's not treasury operation. You're you're talking about investing money for uh that that you're correct. The term treasury operations is bandied about a lot. It's almost hackneyed at this point. That is a treasury operation in the sense that some treasurers operated to buy Bitcoin and stuck it in their treasury. It's not your traditional treasure. Right? So, very good point and very good uh, segue. Thank you, Sam. Uh, so yes, on the other end of the spectrum of use cases, you have what I would call, and what I think we would all call, true treasury operations, which is uh, your day-to-day -day running of the business. That, to me, is the true treasury operator. We get the cash that we have, 
to the places we needed to get. How do we collect the cash we need to collect? How do we pay it out? How do we make sure that everybody can get paid? Lights are on, et cetera. So that's the other side. And we actually usually simplify, at least in, in, in my company, those two use cases. Simple. And then anything in between, because you can obviously mix them. So that side is we have a balance sheet. We have an income statement. We're taking in receivables. We owe payables. We owe money to suppliers. We've got some loans out. Uh, we need to pay our employees and we need to, to pay the electric company. Um, and we're selling things, receiving money. Maybe we're just doing that in the United States or just France. But most of the companies we speak with are doing it all around the world. And so they've got anywhere from, say, 60 to 170 subsidiaries globally, which are all separate and distinct legal sub-entities of the parent corp. Admittedly doing the same thing. Still one balance sheet, still one income statement, still cash. Many orders of magnitude higher, obviously. Um, those are the treasury operations that we are most focused on and that we believe are where your most and maximal efficiency gains are to be had. Yes, you can. I mean, again, the MicroStrategy stock has done quite well. It's hard to parse why. Its customer base has grown, but not excessively. And yet its stock multiples and, and earnings per share have gone up almost exponentially. So whatever that is, we'll call it speculative for now. These though, these treasury operations in the most broad sense are where we believe and where we hear and where we engage with the treasurer of today that are using the platform. So what is it? I'm the CFO and I need to get a million dollars out to 20 people all around the world. I am waiting on payments in from groups and they may have 90 day AR cycles. I have an 18 hour window on settlements with my bank. So even being, me being paid for the bank takes 18 hours. And if it's weekends, forget about it. That's 52, 60 hours. All of these are not just obviously time drags. They're costly, as we talked about. And they add layers of complexity to every single balance sheet operation. Um, that is where we see the most day-to-day -day practical benefits to the treasurer. And there are many, of course, sub-use cases within that, but I'll... Yeah. understand. So, what I mean, the analogy I, I see here, Noah, is um, I think most treasurers understand uh, the value in automating manual processes in general, right? So, uh, connecting your uh, ERP to a TMS instead of downloading extracts from your ERP and then putting them into Excel and then manipulating them to do your cash flow forecasting. And people understand that, I guess, right? They understand that it's less manual. They understand that you don't need a person doing it. It instantly happens. And then that, that gives you a lot of time savings. It also gives you some cost savings in eliminating manual processes that you hire someone to do. And it gives you the ability to uh, have it all done much more accurately, for example, as well, and avoid mistakes. And is there a good equivalence to draw here that for treasurers to use this payment rail is to eliminate the humans from the process and eliminate even the third party from the process, bank in this case, and bring it all onto an automated system, which is safe as well, because I think that's where people get a little bit concerned with their money not being in the hands of banks, because we 
perceive banks as safe, even if they fail as well. Um, and we understand that it can all be automated. So I don't need someone in the bank to approve my transaction. If I've approved it and my level, my internal control processes, I can still move money internally or even externally with those that are on my payment rail. Is that, is that the right way to sort of draw the equivalence? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 all there's an element of automation to that, sure. But even I wouldn't say that that's necessarily that's not really a technological advancement, right? So to your point, um, what what can be done by you and and Guillaume as operators of your business, Acme, you know, on your bank website can be automated, just like we can do it on the you know, Fortress UI or anyone can. Right. It's it's true. You need to have APIs, right? That's helpful and it helps to speed business, but it's not the real step change um, necessarily. Um, your other points are though. I do not need a banking institution of any kind, whether that's my direct or my indirect correspondence. I do not need the traditional payment rails. I do not need to wait for the weekend. And I do not need 50 reconciliation agents on either side of the ocean to handle all of these transactions. Um, most importantly, I don't need to worry about uh, where is my cash? How long is it going to be until I get my cash? Did that wire that I just sent fail? Is it going to fail? Most likely it will fail. But if it does fail, it's going to fail on a Friday because all my customers have to <laughs> And that's not good for me because I myself am waiting for him to then pay me back. So it's, it's a long chain, but that is where it is. It is. I, I, I was speaking uh, fairly recently to the head of blockchain for uh, Amazon. And he said essentially to me, cost savings are not where we would dive into digital assets because we're Amazon. We can get the best wire rates in the world. We're not paying forty bucks for a wire; paying two fifty or no speed, maybe. But we also have our best people at the best banks doing this because we're Amazon, and of course they're not going to agree. <laughs> Where is the real value to us in this? And his answer was, "It is that the money and the message travel at exactly the same time, which means that there is nobody on either side of the business guessing about anything." Which means. We no longer have to take out a futures contract based on the million dollar hole on the asset side of our balance sheet T-chart because it's out and we don't know if it's coming back in 18 hours and go to pay a third party finance provider for the hedge, which is on the US currency, which is now pricing up against. It goes on and on and on and on. That's, that's the one message that we heard and that we've seen is consistent throughout. That is the step change versus, you know, yeah, we can automate your processes because yes, we can do that, but it's not, it's not the real, it's the simplification. real simplification of all the other treasury operations you need to support a transaction, not just a transaction itself. It would be an entire balance sheet application. And I mean, one very pressing issue, problem, I think that treasurers encounter is cutoff times and time zone concern. And you just said it, that solves that, which is in itself. A huge, I mean, it's a huge upgrade. If you don't have to, okay, I need to make my transaction for my FX before, before 3 p.m. because Australia is closing. Or as you said, I can transfer the money in the weekend because that's the 15th or the 30th of the month is exactly on that day and that helps the settlement. And 
manage your cash more efficiently rather than losing two days of value time. That's huge. It, it, I can tell you to bring it back to the example of us three, if I choose to be paid in fiat, I send a note to the company, goes through a couple of different banks, goes through Singapore where our financing arm is. I get an email from a bank in Singapore that says we reported this transaction. We'll send you the wire. Hopefully it's not a Friday because then it's Tuesday. If it's Tuesday, then maybe it's Thursday, three days later, <laughs> and it shows the dollars. If I choose to be paid in Bitcoin, I ping our CFO, and three seconds later, I'm, I'm paid. So it's, it, again, it's a small use case. Uh, sorry, it's a small example, right? A, a retail-level example, but yeah. it's related many, many times over. Again, these are the high-level uh, sort of yeah. practical use, you know, uh, applications. There are use cases beneath these that are very specific that we haven't talked about, 